Hello everyone and welcome to Lighting the Shadows, a podcast all about mental health. My name is Kristen Lowerson and I will be your host today and I hope that I can make it through today's episode because it is a really sensitive and a very personal subject so if I start crying that's why Um, it's the topic of miscarriage. I chose to talk about this topic now because just five days ago on Thursday, January 21st, 2021, I lost my baby. I was about 10 weeks along and I've experienced miscarriage in the past um, where it was similar. I, In both cases, I didn't have many pregnancy symptoms. I was spotting and something felt off more so last time than this time. But this time I was, I was pretty hopeful that everything would go well with the pregnancy because we had seen the baby three times on an ultrasound and each time baby looked really healthy and the heartbeat was strong. But we went in for a scan on Thursday morning, the day that I miscarried, because I noticed that I was bleeding heavier than normal and I was also cramping. And But still, we so I went in for the ultrasound feeling hopeful um, but also wary. But we did the ultrasound and Trevor luckily could be there with me. And we saw a really strong heartbeat and baby was waving arms and legs around just perfectly and so it was very comforting but um, following the scan I saw a doctor and I was surprised and frustrated because she just kept talking about miscarriage and I wanted to be like well like we just saw the baby we just saw the baby's heartbeat we just saw the baby moving very well like why are you talking about miscarriage but she said that miscarriage was really common and even though we saw a strong heartbeat and movement that it was still possible that we were going to lose the baby because our baby was fairly low in my uterus which potentially could end in miscarriage or cause placenta previa or if I was able to carry the baby to full term a c-section delivery would possibly be necessary because of where the baby was located in my uterus so We left the hospital feeling a lot less hopeful than we felt when we saw the baby in the ultrasound. Um, We were a little wary, but we were still hopeful. We had the ultrasound pictures in hand, and we had just a vision of those tiny little arms waving around in our minds. Um, But later Thursday night, the cramping that I experienced got a lot worse, and after dinner, I laid down in my bed with the lights off, just hugging my stomach in the fetal position, just letting the tears fall onto my pillow because the cramping was so bad that I knew what was happening because it was very similar to when I miscarried the last time. And I I could tell I was going to lose the baby. So I just cried through the pain and I prayed the prayer that I'd been praying all day long. And that was, 
if I was going to lose a baby, I just wanted to know. I wanted to know by the end of the day. I wanted it to go quickly. I didn't want to wait hours, days, weeks, months before I could figure out what was happening with, you know, a sense of false hope. It was just a week earlier that we had announced that we were going to have a baby at my daughter's birthday party and both grandparents, both sets of grandparents were visiting because we live in a different state from our family. Um, but my mom was going to fly home on Thursday morning, but luckily she chose to stay an extra day in case things didn't go well with the ultrasound. And I was so grateful to have her there with me. Trevor had just come home from work and he was eating dinner with the kids when I was laying in bed cramping and my mom knocked on my door and laid next to me and just cried with me and it felt so comforting to have her there because I knew that she had been through a difficult miscarriage as well and just knowing that I wasn't alone helped me endure the pain that I knew was coming and just helped me feel a lot of comfort So my mom left to get me a blanket and I went into the bathroom and passed the baby. I screamed and sobbed and so I was holding that tiny baby in my hands and those tiny, perfectly formed arms and legs that I'd saw moving with life just hours before lay still. So I moved back to my bed and my mom came in and I told her the news and we cried again together and she left to get my husband Trevor and when Trevor came into our room we just held each other and cried with my first miscarriage Trevor was at work and my daughter was just two so the experience was very similar I didn't have pregnancy symptoms I had subchorionic hemorrhaging with both miscarriages and I passed the baby as well at 10 weeks but last time it was just me and my sweet two-year-old daughter at home and She came in when she heard my cries from the bathroom and she asked me, what's the matter, mommy? I told her I'd lost the baby and she gave me a big hug and she said with her sweet little two-year-old voice, it's okay, mommy, it's going to be okay. And I just know going through miscarriage feels so lonely and hard and heartbreaking and shocking. And I'm very grateful in both circumstances that I've had family members to comfort me in those moments of grief and one of the main reasons I want to do this podcast is because this episode this particular episode is because I know so many women feel super alone in their experience Um, maybe they don't have that support around them or they don't have people that they feel like they can talk to and they're confused about what they're experiencing and I just wanted to share my story to reach those people that that are feeling alone in their experience and you know even though I had my family around me it's still a pretty lonely experience because it's just your body going through it and as a mother it's painful it's so painful to lose a child and even if that child is just barely big enough to fit in the palm of your hand it's hard and it's a lonely experience. I wanted to reach out to women who go through it because it's not talked about enough and it can be so lonely. Um, and I kept thinking too about something that my doctor had said when she was talking about miscarriage. 
she said that often women blame themselves and they think that they did something wrong to cause a miscarriage and then it's all their fault. And so experiencing miscarriage, it's like you're trying to comprehend what happened and what's happening with your body and with the bleeding and the cramping and um, losing the baby and then, you know, all those hopes and dreams you're losing those as well and all the hormones are going crazy and then I I know for me the first thing I did was I looked at myself and I thought well what did I do wrong how did I cause this and like for me with both miscarriages I were I worked out um, pretty hard the day that the bleeding got heavier and so I that's like a big concern of mine like did I cause it by working my body too hard and I asked my doctor that and she looked me in the eyes and she said that nothing that I did could have caused the baby to implant where it implanted or could have caused any of the issues that I was experiencing and that felt really comforting I wanted to believe her but I also had a part of me that was like well but why then like why did it happen those days that I worked out really hard um And so I did my own research um, because I wanted to prove that my doctor was right. Like I wanted to know if she was right. And I also wanted to help other women know like what is out there, what, what research is out there that we can know, like what are the causes of miscarriage and um, are we blaming ourselves for a reason that is valid? Um, So with my research, I, and I have some of these articles, some of my favorite ones on my website that I, I refer to in this podcast episode. But I collected several peer-reviewed articles and I've drawn a couple conclusions that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, one article I found really eye-opening and also heartbreaking looked at over a thousand people within 49 states with different backgrounds, different um, education status, different financial status and they asked questions about miscarriage and the study found that the majority of participants believed that miscarriage is very rare and only occurs in 5% of pregnancies and that it also showed that 90% and this is the part that breaks my heart 90% of those in the group who experienced miscarriage felt like they had done something wrong when the cause for miscarriage was found. So a lot of the respondents reported feelings of guilt, feeling alone, feeling ashamed, and feeling isolated. So this past weekend, I've done a lot of sorting out my own thoughts around miscarriage, my own miscarriages. And and like I said, I've, I've blamed myself. And I've also heard friends who have miscarried, like state these kind of feelings of guilt as well. And they've said, Like, well, maybe if I would have gone on bed rest, maybe if I would have stopped running, maybe if I would have been on pelvic rest, like I wouldn't have miscarried. So in my search, I found the following information. Um, First, there is no adequate research that proves that exercise, intimacy, or picking up large, heavy objects can result in miscarriage. And I loved learning that. I, I felt like, okay, I can breathe, you know, like with all of these studies that I read, I didn't find any adequate research that proved that, that 
um, found that. And in fact, it's more likely that intimacy during pregnancy can assist in a healthy pregnancy and that exercise can both help mama and baby, um, especially during delivery. So that was really comforting for me to read. Uh, And then it said picking up large objects is also not proven to be a a known cause of miscarriage. And these are all commonly believed by the general population to be causes, but they're not. So, So then I wanted to know, well then, okay, so what causes miscarriage? So I studied that. And the studies that I read found that 50 to 70% of miscarriages result from chromosomal abnormalities. Um, So something with a baby, something wrong with the way that the baby was formed. And that's a huge percentage. And then maternal anatomic anomalies and significant trauma were another percentage of miscarriage. So you know, maybe hormonal imbalances or, you know, something, something going on with a woman's body. And it's good to get those things checked. Like if, if you are experiencing recurrent miscarriage to, you know, get those, those things checked within your body to try and figure out if there's something that can be, um, that can be shifted to help you become pregnant successfully. But again, that is not your fault, right? Like that is not something that you could have known earlier. And um, it said like significant trauma, like gunshot wounds or like penetrating injuries can also result in miscarriage. And then it also talked about risk factors and that included advanced maternal and paternal age. So, you know, older moms and dads, heavy smoking, alcohol consumption, infertility and previous miscarriage can be risk factors. And then it also, I learned that 15 to 27% of all known pregnancies result in miscarriage. So that is like one in five, one in five pregnancies result in miscarriage. So although most people view miscarriages as uncommon, they're actually very common. Um, But I also want to, to state that just because it is a common thing, doesn't diminish or minimize your feelings of grief. Like those are very, very real. Even if it is one, like one in five, that's huge, but it is still hard and to honor those feelings of, of grief that you might be feeling. So if you are listening to this podcast episode and you've experienced miscarriage and you're feeling alone in your loss, please know that so many women have experienced what you're going through and know to an extent how you might be feeling. And please, please stop blaming yourself, which I know is so much easier said than done because I've done a lot of my own self-blaming and a lot of speculation. But I hope this episode can give you some amount of peace on this subject And I hope you can understand that in a very large majority of all miscarriages, the cause of miscarriage is completely out of the mother's ability to control. Um, And then another reason I wanted to record this episode is to just give all grieving parents out there encouragement to feel, to feel all the emotions that you might be feeling and disregard thoughts like, well, I'm not even sure if my baby had a heartbeat or I shouldn't be feeling so sad because I didn't even know the baby's gender or have a name picked out. And, or some people, some parents lose their babies full term or later in life. And that's much harder than what I'm experiencing. So I shouldn't be feeling so sad. Um, you can't, 
I think I've said this before, but I think it's so important and I'll say it again and probably continue to say it, but you can't compare your hard with somebody else's hard. Like just honor your hard. It's okay. You're it's okay that you're experiencing what you're experiencing and feeling what you're feeling and honor those feelings. Um because the depth of another parent's grief or difficulty of another person's experience should not take away from the pain of your own experience. Um, miscarriages, it's truly, it's heartbreaking and it can be traumatic and it's healthy to cry. It's healthy to grieve and it's healthy to allow yourself to feel and to honor that. So, um, Friday morning, the morning after I lost our sweet baby, I, sat in my bed just kind of feeling empty and sad and I just cried and um, writing is so therapeutic for me and that's how I was able to a big reason why like how I was able to process my sister's death and some other just whenever I'm feeling a lot of emotions that seem confusing to me I just sit down and write and it's so therapeutic so I just opened up my notebook found a pen and wrote everything down um And I ended up writing a letter to my baby and um, I wanted to share what I wrote with you because I I hope that it helps other people know that they're not alone and that their feelings, whatever they might be, are completely valid and okay to feel. So, So this is a letter to my lost little love written January 22nd, 2021. Dear lost little love, I felt hopeful. I was so hopeful that one day soon I'd get to hold you in my arms, smell your new baby skin, and kiss the top of your perfect little head. I felt overjoyed finding out you were inside, hearing your strong heartbeat, attempting to comprehend the reality of our hearts beating together inside of me. I sang to you. I sang of future hopes and dreams, of the joys of three little miracles. You were a miracle, but one that could not last. I felt heartbroken. The day we lost you, we'd seen you just hours before. They said your heartbeat was perfectly strong. We saw your arms waving around as if you were saying hello. But now I know we were saying our goodbyes. They called you a little gummy bear, and I felt, little love, that you were going to be a little girl. We were just days away from finding out. Now we will never know, but to me, you will always be my little love. For when a mother carries a child, there is an eternal connection, no matter when they have to say their earthly goodbyes. I held you in the palm of my hand and stared at the wonder, the miracle, the tiny perfection you were, perfectly formed arms that now lay still against each other. You looked perfect, and the tears streaming down my face would not stop. My face felt hot. I felt angry, angry for all the lost little loves, all the lost hopes and dreams I represent, all of the mothers with their own pain and premature goodbyes. Why is this a part of life? Why do so many incredible women who long to be mothers struggle so severely to do so? But then I felt grateful. 
grateful for the miracle of life and the two miracles that I'm blessed to be surrounded by every day. Getting them here was no easy feat, and you reminded me of that little one. Life is precious and fragile. As I held you in my palm, my lost little love, I cried tears of sorrow, tears of wonder, tears of anger, tears of gratitude, and the familiar feeling of grief overwhelmed me. I have felt this feeling before. When I said goodbye to another lost little love similar to you, when I said goodbye to my sister, a love lost way too soon, when I said goodbye to family and friends who left this life too early, I cried tears of remembrance, of memories, of grief, compounded on yours like a heavy stone, pressing against my shoulders, weighing me down. I felt dark. I don't like this feeling, little love, but sometimes I believe it needs to be felt, but I didn't want to remain in darkness. I longed to feel strength, to feel hope, to feel light. So I began to feel determined, a feeling I welcome amongst the overwhelm of grief. I felt determined to strengthen my body, to run, to lift, to push myself, determined to be healthier, to live better. For the loves I've lost and the loves I still have, I will be strong, I will be okay. And as I searched for peace, it began to fill my heart. The hope that, in the end, all things will work together for my good. For the good of others who experience this heartbreaking loss. Perhaps I will see you someday, my lost little love. Perhaps you are with my sister and your sibling. Perhaps you are singing with the angels. Or perhaps your spirit will enter our next little love. The next one to survive through full term. Maybe that little body wasn't strong enough for you. Maybe I will get to meet you, to greet you into our family another time, when the miraculous gift of a perfect body fully forms. There are so many unknowns, and so many emotions to feel, but I want you to know, my precious, beautiful, tiny lost little love, of the glory of the feeling that matters most, the miracle that you were created by, the miracle of love. It was love that created you, love that will carry me through, love that brings hope and peace, and love is what I want to leave with you. I love you, always and forever, amongst all the emotions and the unknowns. Love, your mama. You guys, miscarriage is hard. It can be heartbreaking, overwhelming, and confusing, provoking so many emotions, But we all have those emotions because they are meant to be felt. They are all a part of this crazy roller coaster journey called life. Be kind to yourself and your body. Be gentle in your thoughts about yourself. During the midst of my miscarriage and several times leading up to it when I would wake up in the middle of the night feeling anxious, this mantra replayed over and over in my mind. All is well. All is well. Although my tiny precious baby's body was not able to fully form, I know that in the end all is well. I trust in that mantra. I hope to continue to face whatever darkness lays ahead, clinging tight to those words, all is well.
Thank you for joining me on Lighting the Shadows. I hope you felt inspired to keep shining your light and be the unique person that you are, a person worth love, peace, joy, and life. I hope today's material has been helpful for you in some way. If you have any questions or comments, or if you would like to be a guest speaker, you can contact me through my website, lightingtheshadows.org. Have a wonderful week.